Welcome to episode 115 of the Jackson Hole Connection. This episode's sponsor is Pru Real Estate. Should you have any questions about real estate in Jackson Hole, give Dan Vazoski or Greg Pru a call or visit prugh.com. That's pru.com to search current listings. Hello from Jackson Hole. I'm Stefan Abrams, your host and guide today. Each week, I sit with someone connected to Jackson Hole to share their fascinating story about life. I feel we can all learn so much from each other, and I intend to search people out and their stories, which will teach us all a little about life outside of our everyday circle. My guest today is Rocky Vertone, the co-founder of 404 Productions, owner of Full Circle Frameworks, celebrity DJ, and community-minded leader. Today's episode was recorded in two sessions because I made a big boo-boo and forgot to continue the recording during the first interview session. So please accept my apologies for the breakup of the interview. Rocky, whose given name is Roke, has been a community member for over 20 years. Rocky is an artist who uses music to express himself and provide entertainment to followers in the Valley. Now that COVID has hit the globe, Rocky happily discovered he can reach listeners much further beyond Jackson Hole and provide entertainment and listening enjoyment and a bit of happiness to everybody around the world. In this episode, Rocky shares with us how he got started as a DJ, how it has been an important piece in his life, and what it was like to lose a childhood friend from a tragic accident and the importance of allowing life to continue. So please enjoy this episode with Rocky Vertone. I know that you'll learn a whole lot about who he is and the great person that he has become. Rocky, welcome to the Jackson Hole Connection. Thank you for taking the time out of your wild schedule and spending some time with me today. Yeah, um, thanks for having me. This is uh, this is cool. I, uh, I appreciate it. You betcha. So let's start off, Rocky, with sharing with people, what is your connection to Jackson Hole? How did you end up becoming a resident here in this beautiful valley? Wow. Um, that's, yeah, that's pretty wild. Um, I was going to art school in Philadelphia and I graduated in 1991 or yeah, something like that. And, uh, before we even graduated, everyone's, you know, talking about where they're going to go, like what they're going to do and, you know, people getting jobs and stuff like that. And I was, you know, I was actually applying for jobs outside of Philadelphia for graphic and like ad design. That's what I went to school for. So, um, I actually was like, I got second and third interviews for this job for this in-house, um, graphic designer for some like corporate company. And, uh, I was all like excited, you know, thinking like, oh, cool. I'm going to have this like job coming right out of art school and making, I think it was like literally like $27,000 a year or something. And I was like, cool, this is awesome. You know, I mean, I was 22, I guess, 23, something like that, 22. Anyway, that actually fell through. So it was just like, oh, well, that sucks. And like, I, you know, I had interviewed some other jobs and everything, but all that stuff fell through. And so my friend and I were actually looking at a, for whatever reason, we were looking at a catalog for Jackson Hole Mountain Resort. And like, I, I didn't, you know, like I had no idea what Jackson Hole was or where it was. I mean, yeah, of course I knew it was in Wyoming, but other than that, it was like, we were looking at the catalog and I remember it saying like 4,139 vertical feet, you know, <laughs> like that was a number. And we were like, oh man. You know, that sounds so crazy. It's the, you know, it's the most vertical drop in America, you know, and we're like, let's move there. <laughs> and that was pretty much it. It wasn't like, obviously the internet wasn't really happening and, you know, social media, any of that stuff. It was just like this catalog that we had. And I had friends who had gone to like Vermont to, you know, for the season and lived in Vermont and got ski passes and stuff like that. Actually, my friend Weep did that a couple of years before that. So he lived in Killington, but I was new to that game. And honestly, I, it wasn't even a thought. It was just like, I mean, it was a thought, but we, we just went for it. It was just like, I basically just like went home and was like talking to my parents and it's like, I'm moving to Wyoming. And they were like, what? <laughs> Why? Uh, so literally like, you know, graduated, uh, 
made some money doing uh i forgot where i was working at the time before i split i was think i was driving a truck doing deliveries for pool supplies and stuff and saving a bunch of money and i rolled out i packed my car up with everything i had you know like clothes snowboards and yeah literally like drove out to wyoming <laughs> i stopped in denver actually i remember my car my my transmission blew up in the middle of nebraska and um my fifth gear blew out and I, oh. I I literally like drove 45 miles an hour on route 80 or whatever, 70 through Nebraska and Kansas, or whatever that was. Gosh, I think I was in the middle of Kansas when it blew out. So I drove from the middle of Kansas to Denver, like 45 miles an hour because I was only in fourth gear, maybe 50 at the most. Cause it would just rev. I remember. And Anyway, I had a buddy who lived in, in Denver, so I stayed with him. But I got here October 1991, and uh, I, I drove here at night. So I came through the canyon, and uh, it was at night, so I didn't see anything coming into town. And I remember I, we had a place on the Village Road. My buddy had been living there for a few months. Uh, it was the trailer park that used to be where, um, what's his name spot is now? Um, oh yeah, Canada. Fireside Resort, Jamie McKay yeah, yeah. spot. So yeah. that that used to be the trailer park. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, we uh, I I rolled into there, and it was the smallest trailer in the in the trailer court, right? <laughs> and uh, my buddy was, you know, it was just yeah, it was insane. And here I was in Jackson Hole. And I remember waking up the next morning and being like, oh my god! And there was snow on the ground. They're like. This is October 5th, I think, 1991. And for some reason, there was a ton of snow. So that was my first experience in Jackson. I remember seeing the Tetons and just being like, oh my gosh, you know, like this is insane. Like I had no clue, really. And um, yeah, that was the start of it right there. I forgot what the question was even. <laughs> well, you answered it. It was your story of how you got here. Oh, man. Um, and it was all about the catalog. <laughs> <laughs> the catalog. I mean, seriously, like, I wish we still had the catalog because it was like, yeah, it is amazing. So we lived in a small trailer, probably not a lot of room to keep catalogs. <laughs> oh, man, the trailer was something else. We had a wood burning stove that really didn't work. It was either hot or freezing. Uh huh. It was either 100 degrees in there or freaking negative 25. Ugh. So, uh, yeah, it was Bruce Cameron's trailer. I think Bruce used to work at, you know, he was like Snow King guy. I don't know if he's still in town or what. I couldn't speak to that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm really curious to know because in 1991, uh, the town was basically shut down in October. Yeah. You know, back then the off season was off season. <laughs> it was off, and you know I didn't know any different because you know it was just that's all I knew. So it was mm -hmm. like. It was dead sure but i mean yeah coming, coming from the city and then going leave you know going to jackson hall was like totally different yeah i mean there was nobody there um but yeah it was it was off season for sure but there was snow mm -hmm. so we just went on to i remember going to the pass like the second day i was here that's bold <laughs> yeah i mean like we didn't know we were just uh -huh. like go up there yeah <laughs> and so now now fast forward to 2020 Holy what have crap. you been doing all of those years here in Jackson? Oh my God. Where should I start? What would you call is your career at this moment? My career? Yeah. What is your job? Well, a couple things. <laughs> I mean, I own a picture frame shop in town called Full Circle Frameworks, which I am here right now, actually. I locked the door so no one's coming in. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I've been doing that since 2000 two or something like that. So about 18 years, maybe a little bit more. And I'm a DJ in town and I've been DJing since 1996. I mean, I guess professionally getting paid for, to do that since 2000. So my friend, Chris Blank, AKA King Weep, and I started 4-4 Productions in 2000. So yeah, that's what I do. I'm a picture framer and I'm a DJ. <laughs> and i you know i think i'm a hustler too you know you try to hustle whatever you can to to keep it interesting and you know 
I hate saying entrepreneur because it's kind of like, it's such a clicky word nowadays. I'm an entrepreneur. You are a business owner. I'm a business owner. Yeah. yeah. You know how to hustle it, man. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's tough in this town nowadays, but uh, you know, well, I shouldn't say it's tough. That's, it's good. I mean, it's a lot of work and, you know, um, doing what I'm doing. It's crazy that I've been, I've built this business for this long and, you know, still sustaining it and still getting after it and it still works and people still come back, <laughs> which is, which is cool. And I'm grateful for that for sure. I mean, in both DJing and picture framing, I mean, the DJing is uh, in, in our heyday of DJing, it was madness, complete madness for, you know, what do you I mean, mean by it was madness? madness? I guess I shouldn't say like madness. I mean, in a small town here in Jackson Hole, like, you know, but we, I DJ, you know, sometimes we DJ four or five nights a week easily for, I mean, I, I think I did that for like 10 years straight, you know, and, and just partied and, you know. <laughs> and you said that you started it in, in 96. 96 was my first exposure to it. Yeah. And did you and King Week do that together or did you guys um, join forces in 2000? Well, no, I mean, we're all, I mean, so I kind of revert back to a little bit. Like um, I left town for like just a little bit, like basically kind of like a season or so. I mean, shoot in 91, I, I was here for a season. Mm -hmm. And then I was going to move to Seattle with my buddy who was living in Denver. We we're like, let's go to Seattle. Cause I was like totally into the music scene there. Right. And I'm not even a musician, but I just, I was into it, you know, the grunge, the whole thing. So we were moving to Seattle and going to live in Seattle and hang out and work and listen to music and whatever. Moved to Queen Anne, got a place in Queen Anne. I actually um, was there for about a week. Then I went back to New Jersey for a minute um, to make it a little bit extra money because I had, a, you know, some stuff going on there. And then as I was in New Jersey, I got a phone call saying someone broke into our house, stole a bunch of shit. Oops, sorry. And, <laughs> and um, I was like, oh, cool. That's great. Her stuff got some, some of her stuff got stolen. So like three weeks later, and there was a few people at our house, staying in our house. A few weeks later, got a call. Our house burnt down. I was like, oh, <laughs> that's really bad. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? So our house, my house burnt down. And I wasn't, I never even moved in. Like I moved all my stuff in, but I never like really lived there only for about a week. Oh gosh. So I was like, well, I guess I'm not moving to Seattle. So I just got all my stuff that was, I salvaged what I could, you know, like I pretty much lost everything. Um, except for, you know, a couple pieces of clothing and uh, my car was still there. So anyway, um, went back to Jackson the, the following season, stayed there for a couple years and then I freaked out and my buddy was opening up a frame shop in Philadelphia in 1994. I was going back there. He's like, come back and work. I'm like, all right. So my girlfriend and I packed up, drove and I was living in Philadelphia. She was actually living in Virginia for whatever reason. This is all off the top of my head now because I'm like, what the heck? It's such a blur. Um, and I'll probably ramble here, man. I don't even know where I'm going with this, but uh I'm, I'm, I guess I'm working my way back up to me coming back to Jackson and becoming a DJ, right? It didn't work out in Philadelphia. I was there for a little bit, broke up with a girlfriend, was working at the frame shop. I always thought about Jackson Hole, like, cause that's what people do, right? They move here, they leave, they come back. You know, it's like, you just can't leave Jackson Hole. And um, so I, I moved back in 1996, basically. And we had been already DJing with a couple other friends of mine, Carl and Kenny and uh, Andre. I think Andre was doing disco night back. You know, he started that in 94. No kidding. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we went, I remember going to disco night 93 or something, 94, right? Where was the original think. disco night? Was that the coach or the shady lady? The coach. Okay. Yeah. Is that the coach? So we had been DJing already. So when I came back, I was like, I totally wanted to DJ, right? I was like, this is awesome. And, uh, you know, I always loved music, obviously. And like, I love dance music and house music and stuff. And so I started kind of learning how to DJ. And my friend, I mean, between Weep and my friend Carl, they taught me how to kind of mix and match beats and stuff like that. So I started learning 
how to do that. And I eventually like, I got this mixer and one turntable and like, I didn't really have any gear, you know, I just used theirs, but eventually I got my own turntables and mixer and I started playing music and DJing. So that's yeah. 96, the winter of 96 is when I really started. And then it just kind of went there from there and started playing parties with those guys and playing out the, you know, in the bars. And I mean, it was totally different back then. They were doing the raves out at the Elks because it was like real productions, right? It was Andre and Susie and Weeb and Kenny, Carl. So they were doing those raves out there. And I remember playing my first gig at Snow King, I think it was. But, you know, and that was a big deal, right? It was like, oh man, I'm on the, you know, I'm playing a live show and there's gonna be a bunch of people there and playing house music and it was super cool. And I remember when I played at Snow King, nobody was there. There was like one person there because I was opening up. So I basically played to nobody for 45 minutes, but uh, it was still so fun and, you know, playing on a big sound system. And um, yeah, so that's where it kind of started. And then I just, you know, we just started doing more parties and this and that and playing out different places. I mean, it was mostly, yeah, the coach and the shady lady. There was Joe's pizza downstairs from the Cadian house. Yeah. And that was a great, you know, that was like the coolest spot actually. Cause it was a basement and it was dingy and it was freaking, it was awesome. It was like the best spot to have a party mm -hmm. and just get down. So we played there a bunch and that was super fun. And, and then eventually I was just like, let's just start a business, you know, let's, let's, let's make it official. And like me and we, um, we were trying to figure out names. This is just before 2000. We had um, played a new year's Eve party. It was the millennium party. Mm-hmm at uh acadian house like big party yeah in 1999 <laughs> i forgot what it was called we might even call it like illinium or something hmm. <laughs> but uh and after that we were just like you know let's just we should just start a company and make it official and so we just we were trying to figure out names and something to do with music this and that and yeah so we came up with four four f-o-u-r the number four productions and um because we liked it and it was like kind of like a time signature for house music and you know everything all music and uh so yeah so we started 4-4 in 2000 and um and we just went crazy from there we'll take a quick word from one of our sponsors and we'll be right back when you are thinking about making a real estate decision it is important to go with someone you can trust. Recently, I trusted Dan Vazoski at Pru Real Estate to personally handle a real estate transaction. The service and attention I received demonstrated I am important. Greg Pru started Pru Real Estate in 2002 with you, the customer, in mind. Give Greg or Dan a call at 307-733-9888 or visit pru.com. That's P-R-U-G-H.com to connect today. Let them know you heard about them from the podcast guy. That's me, Stefan. Do you mind speaking a little bit about that bond that you created with King Weep and what the tragic accident that happened with him and how that impacted your life? Right. Well, you know, I, I knew Weep from New Jersey. We're from New Jersey and we went to school together. So I met him when we were freshmen in high school. So, wow. you know, 16 years old and we skated. We were uh -huh. skateboarders and so I've known Weep since, yeah, we were 15 years old. So yeah, we had that relationship even well before our DJing. So it was pretty much a no brainer. He's one of my best friends. I mean, it was like, it was just easy to, for, you know, to have him be a business partner. I mean, it's just funny to even think that we were business partners because it was like, we were more like brothers than anything. I mean, we used to get in the fights and, you know typical I mean, he was a pain in the ass sometimes and so was i i mean i'm hot-headed he wasn't you know like it was just sometimes it was just polar opposite style you know but we had known each other forever so it was like it was just easy for us to to work together and do our thing and we what so yeah 2000 we did that and yeah we we played all over we probably played every single nook and cranny of this town <laughs> No, I mean, wherever we could play, we, we played. We played the brew pub. We played at the bistro. We played at the Four Seasons. We played at, you know, Shady Lady. We played at Eleanor. You know, like, we just tried to, like, actually, Eleanor's was after 2005. But, uh, yeah, we definitely um, played a bunch of places together and countless 
nights partying and DJing and just having fun, you know, like you guys get, were the like, rock stars of Jackson. <laughs> I don't know about that, but like, yeah, it's pretty fun, man. You're like celebrities, everybody knew who, uh, Ryan yeah. And Weep were. Well, yeah, Weep, Weep was the man. I mean, everybody knew who Weep was. I mean, yeah, eventually my name, you know, kind of got out there, right? Vert One. And I mean, I owe pretty much everything to Weep as far as like, you know, my DJ career, right? Um, and and everybody that else was that, that was involved, you know, Andre and Susie and my friend Carl that actually is back in New Jersey, but he used to live here and Kenny and um hopefully i'm not leaving anybody else out but uh i mean mikey thunder was around kind of back in the early days too and you know so those guys were a big influence on me you know like i definitely wouldn't be djing today without any of those guys so you know um i'm totally grateful for that yeah uh we were in bozeman my family and i were in bozeman for thanksgiving and uh we uh we were driving back from bozeman um i i was forget what day it is i think it's the 21st which is probably coming up here tomorrow i guess huh yeah i'm almost positive it's the 21st that he uh he passed but yeah we were driving back from bozeman and um got a phone call from weep's brother craig and uh saying that Weep got into an accident in popatello on the on the interstate and it was like oh man you know what the heck and they were bringing him to the hospital and we're like holy crap you know this is crazy i was talking to my buddy um too we were gonna go to the hospital as soon as we got home from bozeman and you know be there and um so then we stopped at a a gas station to get some gas and food and whatever and i got back in the car and i had a message on my cell phone and it was craig and he just basically was, was like, hey, we lost Weep. And that was kind of it. I, I know he said something else and I can't remember. I actually saved the message for a long time. It was kind of crazy. Hmm. But it's it just sounded so like it, it just wasn't real. Obviously, like I, I just didn't want to like think it was real. And it, it sounded like a doctor that was saying like, hey, you know, we, lo- we lost we lost Chris. And it was like, I, I just dropped the phone man i started bawling like i just couldn't believe that it was like real and like he said that and yeah they called him back and it was just like you know we we couldn't we didn't even go to the hospital yet you know what i mean like we were like didn't think like it was that bad mm-hmm. i mean i knew it was bad obviously he got you know he, he was in bad shape but you know it didn't sound like he was gonna die and you know like he, he was gonna just you know they were gonna take him in and fix him up right it was gonna yeah. be he was gonna be all right but um it was just too complicated man he was like he was in really bad shape he like broke his pelvis and uh, you know it, it was pretty it was pretty heavy and man that was just that was a big blow it was that was it was really bad <laughs> and um yeah and the, the drive home was just horrible and then we all got together and you know basically all our close friends and man it was just it, we couldn't believe it so um yeah it was it was really bad for like a while, a long time, you know, just, uh, I don't remember really like snapping out of it for a while. Um, I didn't, couldn't really do anything for the first couple of few months. It seems like, I feel like I was just home doing nothing. I mean, I was, you know, trying to do business and work and everything, but it was just such a wreck, such a, you know, horrible experience, you know, feeling like that and knowing that he was gone. And, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy um so yeah it i didn't want to dj no i don't think we i did any gigs for a little bit and i i almost just thought about just quitting just not even doing anything you know (laughs) but uh kind of started you know slowly come out of the funk i think i was just playing video games the whole time and just trying to keep my mind off of it and not yeah but anyway um i started playing again Mikey Thunder uh, moved back to town. He had been touring around and living in Colorado and touring with Michael Fronte and doing his thing and, you know, becoming a pretty big time DJ. And, uh, you know, Mikey, he moved back to Jackson and uh, basically like started DJing with me and helping me and doing gigs. And 
slowly started getting back into the groove of things. I mean, I, it's so weird. It's so random. Like, I don't remember so much of it. It seems like it's just such a weird memory now. Like I just kind of pushed through like, and I, we still start, you know, we were still gigging so much. It seemed like I was just gigging a bunch, but we kept, kept it going, you know, doing the coach and um, we started doing LNRs and, you know, just, just kind of got back into the DJing thing and, you know, just did it and went nuts again. And it was, it was tough without weep, you know, it was like, it wasn't, it definitely wasn't the same. Um, I had a pretty big, uh, you know, like kind of weight on my shoulders, like, oh man, you know, I got to keep the, keep the legacy going and, you know, like <laughs> keep the, uh, the flame going with, uh, you know, King weep cause big shoes to fill. So, um, but I, I kind of pushed through and like, just, um, kept going. So it was, you know, I felt it was just my, I guess it was my duty to keep it up, you know, keep it rolling, keep four, four going and keep his legacy going. So that's what we did. But yeah. Well, that's, that's a tough one to get into there, Rocky, but it's a tough moment in your life and you came out of it with the support of your friends. Yeah, for sure. And, and I'm sure it, it still, uh, is stings to, to think about it, but his, memory lives on with you forever especially with the the djing that you do yeah for sure always you know it's like again i, I mean i lend my whole basically basically a career or dj career to him you know so i feel like it's just you know it's just part of me now i can't quit it it's it's just funny like ah you know don't want to do it anymore you get burnt out and this and that but it's just it's part of me you now it's like it's yeah. just what i do well you know so I'm I'm really curious if you see your artistry through DJing as a way to release as an outlet. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's there's definitely times where I feel like it's just a job and it's just I'm I'm just <laughs> going through the motions. And that's and I don't think that's a horrible way to think about it, you know, like I think sure, you know, you you love what you do and it's awesome. But like, I think everything some somehow becomes somewhat repetitive and it's just, it's just what you do. But yeah, I think, um, I still love to do it and I still, it's definitely an outlet. Um, I mean, I, I'll go in my room. I have all my stuff set up in my room all the time, so I could do it whenever. So I'll go in my room and spin records for an hour and you know, it's awesome. It feels good. You know, not as much as I used to just because I feel like I have so much stuff to do anyway, all, all, all the time, but it's still, you know, music definitely is a good outlet and it heals and, you know, it makes you feel good inside and, you know, you can let loose. I think that's important. And um, yeah, I, I really, I do like doing it. I'm not always the best at it, but that's okay. <laughs> well, somebody likes what you do because you have a strong following, which you found <laughs> during the, the COVID period. Right, right. Yeah, that's, uh, that, that's, that kind of um, jump-started a whole new thing, actually. Um, I mean, I, you know, again, I've been, I've been gigging. I don't really gig at bars too much anymore. I was, you know, I've been doing the rows for a while. I mean, really, like, I stopped doing the coach, stopped doing... Um, you know, we're, I, I was playing at the Town Square Tavern for a while with my friend Jers and Kenny, and we stopped doing that a while ago. So really, like, my my DJ nights have been kind of just few and far between. So I started doing the Rose. Gosh, it's been a while now. I started doing Saturday nights at the Rose. We call them Sub Rosa. And then eventually doing Friday nights at the Rose. And it was like, you know, it was just a weekly thing. Again, I started getting burnt out, you know, just doing it and like, oh man, you know, I got to do a Friday night, get, you know, get my stuff together, get music together and try to keep people stoked. And, you know, it was always just like a, yeah. So yeah. Um, anyway, eventually kind of almost stopped doing the rows a little bit, you know, it's not as much. And uh, it'd be like once a month, once every few months, you know, and, um, and that was kind of like my only gig outside of like doing weddings so and i was doing events and i I get hired to do private events and um weddings and whatever but come march covid hit i had all these gigs lined up and everything slowly started 
to get canceled because of COVID. <laughs> I was like, oh, shoot. You know, like all my weddings for uh, 2021. No, I'm sorry. All my weddings from this year. It's still 2020. <laughs> yeah. It's been a long 2020, right. brother. Crap, man. <laughs> uh, everything got canceled. Um, it, it got postponed, I should say. So I was like, holy smokes, you know, and what am I going to do here? This is, uh, you know, and I don't solely rely on uh, my DJ business for money. I mean, I have my frame shop too. So, but at the same time, the frame shop was really like, oh my gosh, am I going to go out of business? Because it was really dead. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I had work to do because I had previous jobs, but I had just moved and I was like, holy smokes, man, I'm going to go out of business because everybody, you know, everything was shut down and, you know, I couldn't shut down. I was like, oh, I'm still going to work and get, you know, get work done. But anyway, so I had kind of like saw some DJs, like, um, like famous DJs, like I, I saw like Diplo or something doing live streams. I mean, I've knew people that, that did live streams, but this was kind of early on. And I was like, wow, that's rad. I want to, you know, like, I want to try to do that. And I had a GoPro. My GoPro was set up to do facebook lives directly from my my camera and uh you know you could just kind of record the audio right from the mic it was kind of you know whatever so i was like oh man i'm gonna do that i'm gonna do a live stream and i'm gonna you know i just want to play house music because i love house music right and i don't always get to play it out because that's not you know what the mass wants to hear all the time so anyway um so i put it out on facebook and i was asking people if they'd be into me doing the DJ set and playing house music. And I got a pretty decent response on people like, hell yeah, let's do it. You know, it'd be so fun and blah, blah, blah. Cause everybody was locked down. Everybody was home. So I, I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to play this Friday. And uh, I named it like COVID free, you know, dance party with DJ Vert one. And like, <laughs> you know, like I'm going to play at seven o'clock Cause seven o'clock. It, it was still dark out, I think. So I figured that was a good time for people to kind of, get together and um i got on the stream i got i went live and you know i never i've never done it really you know i was just like going for it and um all these people came on and i was like holy crap there's all well actually um i played for about a half hour there was a bunch of people on and it was it was pretty awesome i was like holy crap there's all these people and i was playing it was awesome people were jumping on and trying to like friend me on facebook because they could because it was public you know, people are sharing the, the posts and everything. And, um, and then I got cut off from the, from the live stream. And I was like, what the heck? Like, why did I get cut off? I thought maybe it was the internet or Facebook. What is going on here? So I jumped back on and the second stream I did all of a sudden, like all these people started coming on and it was like, there was a hundred people. And I was like, Holy cow, this is crazy. Don't play music. And I'm like, what the heck? And then there was 150 and 200 and 250, 300. And, and I, you know, I was like blown away. And like, there was like almost 400 people on this stream and it wasn't just people in Jackson. It was like all these people from all over because people were sharing the post with their friends and then their friends were jumping on and looking at it. And so it was just like all these people from all over. And here I am sitting in my room by myself basically my wife was there actually and um so this was a whole new deal i was like i had four almost 400 people listening to my music and here i am dancing by myself in my room djing and people are dancing they're sending me videos of like them dancing in the kitchen and like it was totally nuts i was like this is insane i can't even believe like this is happening it's so weird but it, yeah it was like so weird because it was just a computer and me. <laughs> like, how did how did that make you feel to see the the joy you were creating for people and they were sharing it and sharing it with others, but also sharing it back with you? How did that yeah, make you feel? yeah. Oh, I was it was great, man. I was like I was so you know like I was like wow you know people really I'm still relevant and I'm still like this is so awesome to see this and I'm so stoked I could do this and people are you know like equally as stoked back and um yeah i i was like completely blown away and um you know i i asked people for donations i had it you know like <laughs> because that's what i saw people doing i was like man you know what i lost a bunch of gigs and um i didn't know what the future was going to hold 
like what was going to happen with COVID and like how I was going to make money. And like, so my, <laughs> I think we were talking about entrepreneurial minds here. Uh, I was like, well, um, I'm just going to just kind of bite the bull and ask people for donations and tips. And um, I was like, hey, if you, know, if you feel like you want to tip me, then please do a dollar, two dollars, whatever you guys think you could do. And that first night, uh, at the end of the night, I was like, you know, because I played for like four hours. <laughs> you know, it was wow. like, um, and it was like, I was exhausted, but it was amazing. And I was just like, and, um, you know, I, people send me money and I was completely blown away the support I got from everybody. And like, I instantly cried. I was just like crying. I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe this. You know, like, and I, yeah, like I cried. It was like, so, you know, that, that impacted me huge. You know, I was like, man, this is really something I, people really, really enjoyed it and really like, or were, you know, so appreciative and like, man, I just, I was blown away. Like all the love I, I got from everybody and like, wow, I was, and that just reassured me like, wow, you know, like I am doing something cool here. This is awesome. And people were just sending me messages and comments and like, you know, my, my stream, you know, it got like 10, you know, 10,000 views and stuff. I was like, what, this is totally, for me, like that's huge. You know, like I'm not a big time DJ obviously. And like, but that was huge for me. So and I just started, you know, every week. Then I was like, you know, I'm just going to do this every week because for one, that was what we did because there was nothing else to do. People were inside their house. Maybe not here, just here in Jackson, but like everywhere else, people were locked down, man. Yeah. I mean, I hear this moment of authenticity and and really this big moment of gratitude for your fans. And And you talk about people being locked down. I mean, we were fortunate here in, in Jackson. Yeah. We had the great outdoors to go to. And I mean, there really wasn't anybody around. And I mean, you had, we have millions of acres to go explore. Yeah. People in cities globally, they were in their apartments and yeah. not allowed to leave. They weren't allowed to leave. You so. gave them some hope. You gave them something to, to look forward to, to give some happiness and enjoyment. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, man, I was, yeah, I was so stoked and, completely grateful for that so yeah i just i fear i just start doing it every friday just because and um sorry you know i think i changed the title a bunch of times covid free corona free party you know like <laughs> and i try to like eventually um i i cried for the first month basically every time i played because it was just like the 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 support and everybody you know it's just it was so cool man it was so cool i mean the numbers I I was like, oh, the numbers, the numbers. But honestly, like the numbers shouldn't, it didn't really matter. I mean, everything kind of, it kind of peaked because here we were in April in Jackson Hole, May, it started getting nice out. More people were starting to, you know, kind of get that itch to kind of really just go outside and, and do their thing. And me too. I was like, all right, <laughs> I want to go camping or something, you know, like we're going to go and take the weekend off. And I remember that first Friday I took off I was like hey you know like I'm gonna go uh we're gonna go camping I'm gonna not play on Friday and I felt so weird because I was like I felt it was my duty to do that but I also needed to you know clear up my head and my family's head and we were going camping <laughs> so, yeah you had to take care of yourself first yeah yeah so but yeah I mean those streams man it was just super cool super weird but yeah so that was a whole new thing and you know each one i did i was like trying to like figure out like different music and um, i did like 80s stuff and you know other you know different genres of music and hip-hop and all kinds of stuff so I, I was trying to cater to everybody and you know it started getting a little crazy because people were like asking for requests and this and that and my whole the whole point of my stream to, in the beginning was like hey i'm gonna play with what I want to play. <laughs> and uh, so I'm going to play house music. And this is what you guys are going to listen to because I couldn't always do that in, in the bars and stuff. Cause you know um, you got to play it to the crowd. So, and then Facebook started, you know, Facebook would like shut me down because of copyright um, stuff, you know, cause of the music it's owned by big record companies and they want their money. So they would shut your stream down. 
So some days I'd play 25 minutes and bam, I'd be shut down because I'd play, you know, whatever track. Um, and that still happens now. I, I worked around that sometimes doing um, sets that had like uh, all kinds of different remixes and um, mashups of, of certain songs so that they work on al algorithms facebook does there's not some guy that's sitting there waiting for you to play a song and <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh that you know it's an algorithm so you could get past that and i played like three hours set straight on, on facebook but now it's just getting you know it's it's almost for one i've almost run out of like music to where i could like try to get away with it because it's it's so hard to like keep up i i've i've downloaded so much music in the past seven months like I can't even tell you how many gigs of music I have. You got to be Just, in terabytes, brother. <laughs> yeah, I'm in terabytes for sure. And, um, but it's been so fun, you know, like I have so much music I still want to play. And I, and all my sets, I don't practice, you know, it was like, I just have the music and I just play. And sometimes it's not the greatest mixes and sometimes it is, but it's always fun. And that's what's even, you know, even if there's five people on my stream now, it's still fun. I mean, it's hard to play to like one person, but because <laughs> mm -hmm. you're just sitting there by yourself and, you know, you kind of feed off that. It's so weird to feed off this like digital energy because, <laughs> you, know, like, you know, you want people to comment because um, you want to know that they're there because you could see, oh, there's five viewers, there's 50 viewers, there's, you know, 30 viewers, 100 viewers. But if no one's commenting, it it, it just doesn't feel the same it's, it's so weird to think that but like it's like if you go to a bar and you're playing to five people there's five people there and you're like oh the energy's okay you know like but if those five people are engaging that's cool you're there and they're like yeah this is awesome so when someone's commenting it's cool that you know like okay cool they're here they're listening they're stoked so that's a whole new thing here with this mm -hmm. streaming and I don't, you know, like I don't anticipate playing out too much at all this winter. So I'm, I'm relying on this tool now, not for, uh, uh, you know, I'm not in it to, to try to make any money with it, you know, like, sure. That'd be great if people donated. That's awesome. I love it. And I appreciate that. But, um, right now I'm like, I just want to make, I, I just want to play music and make my stream look good. So now I'm working on like, I got multiple cameras and I got a camera switcher. So where I have like different angles of, you know, my view, like front view, side view, top view, you know, like make it interesting for people. And like, maybe I'll put some cool backgrounds in now. So I have, I have a buddy who, who helped me out, uh, Ben Levin. He, he's like stream master. So he, he actually helped me out with my stream from the beginning and, uh, he's going to come over this week and help me with my, you know, the way my stream's going to look. So I got this like stream deck and like all these, you know, it's, it's almost well beyond what I even know, but I just want to make it cool. And that's, uh, it's always my, my jam. I'm like, how can I make this better? I always want it to be better, but better sometimes means more headaches. Cause I'm like, I have so much stuff. I'm just like, Oh my God, my, my room is like, I mean, I don't know if you've seen my streams, but you could see like, there's so much stuff going on in my, in my room and there's cameras everywhere there's cords everywhere there's records and cds and i mean it's just like i'm crammed in there it's hilarious but i love it it's my spot you know that's that's where i'm going to be so that's my new thing and i'm never i don't want to call it a new normal because that's a bunch of crap too but um <laughs> that's what i'm doing now and that's you know i mean maybe i'll play somewhere here and there but i'm not into like trying to to go gigging at a bar. So if people want to find your, to know the next time that you're going to stream, how do they get notified or find out? Where do they, how do they search you out? Well, I mean, I have a DJ Vert one page on, on Facebook. Um, DJ Vert, like V-E-R-T dash O-N-E. And um, you could find, that's where I've been doing streams uh, lately because uh, I don't do them on my personal page anymore i was in the beginning because i didn't have a much of a following on my dj vert one page um so i slowly started like building that page up and trying to get people to move over to the page because i don't know i just i guess i just try to keep personal things personal but it doesn't even matter like some days i'll stream on my personal page but anyway dj vert one is is the main 
hub for my streams. But since Facebook is really like cracking down and like just literally like shutting the stream down live, I started streaming on Twitch, which is another streaming platform. It was originally like meant for gaming and there's a lot of gamers on there, but it's pretty much anything streaming at this point. So a lot of DJs have um, moved over to Twitch. I mean, there's still a copyright thing, but they won't shut your stream down live. You know, you could actually play as long as you want, pretty much, it seems like, and your stream stays up, but eventually they'll go through your stream and, and take out some of the audio that is copyrighted. I mean, mm. and YouTube kind of does the same thing. So I, I'm actually streaming on Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube all at the same time. Um, and I usually like when I post it on Facebook or something, I'll post the links to all those pages. Like it's like twitchtv.dj underscore vert underscore one. I mean, it's kind of like a weird link, but that's what it is. I mean, I only have like 24 followers on there, but again, you know, it's like, it's one of those things you got to build it and I don't know where I'll go with it. You know, <laughs> you know like, I don't think I'll have like a thousand people on my streams and I'll be a, this world famous uh, DJ, but you know, whatever, it's still super fun. And um, it's crazy. Uh, I actually just, uh, I just had a birthday. So I'm 52 now. And it's like, so funny to me. Like I'm still like trying to like be on the cutting edge of, of the DJ scene, <laughs> even though there's like no scene. And I, I honestly, I, I don't, you know, I never ventured out of Jackson hole really to, to pursue DJing I wish I would have. And yeah, I played in other places and it's been, you know, it's always super fun, but um, I'm in a little bubble and it's, and it's totally fine with me. You know, I'm glad that people can, I, I can walk down the street and people be like, yo, Rocky DJ, you know, like, Oh my God, you know, and that's so cool. It's so funny. Like I'll, I'll see random people in the supermarket and they're like, I love your streams. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so, you know, it's cool to, to, to receive that from people and like, you know, it's, yeah, it feels good. So I'll just keep doing it until I can, I guess. I don't know. Good man. Keep it on. <laughs> and I got to frame pictures too. So that's, that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> so um, people can find you on your DJ Vert one Facebook page. Yeah. And, and from there they'll find the links to the YouTube the Facebook live streaming and, and the DJ, um, the Twitch, the Twitch. Yeah. 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 And, that, and I can keep up with posts and information about when you're yeah, doing there's all the, all the old, there's all the old mixes are on there too on Facebook. So like they can okay. go through the, the whole, uh, I mean, I, I don't know, I guess you could just search for videos and you could find all the old episodes, I guess you want to call them. Um, yeah, it's, it's cool it's weird. It's, you know, especially in the summer, it was like, ah, uh, it was still like light outside at like eight o'clock. And I was like trying to play. And it was just like, <laughs> at least it's dark now at like seven o'clock. So I feel like it's somewhat of like a party, like, you know, it's dark. And cause that's what you, you know, when I'm DJing, I like, you know, it's dark and there's nobody could see each other in the dance floor or whatever, you know, it's like, it's like a, whatever club, I guess you want to call it. <laughs> My own little people club. are creating their own club environments yeah you know i love seeing the videos of people like setting up their whole scene at their house and you know people plug into their st their stereo systems and crank it and hmm. cool cool that's awesome well, yeah so we'll see what happens this winter with with the whole COVID thing if uh you know hopefully we won't get shut down but uh i guess i'll be ready if we do i don't know are you gonna do a um pre-thanksgiving show maybe a sh special thanksgiving show the night before thanksgiving i should actually because that's like a big night for people to go out wednesday yeah. you know, the wednesday night so that's maybe right. i'll i'll do a, a special thanksgiving edition covid free dance party that's right <laughs> so yeah well i'm glad that we got to reconnect and add this second half to the show <laughs> um instead of just having it cut off that's no, all good because uh, i didn't hit record that. again <laughs> I like the, the all the wine bottles you got there, man. Jeez, is that you're at the liquor store or what? Uh, that is uh, the background of our the wine room at, upstairs at the liquor store. Yeah. Wow, cool. That's just the virtual background. You started talking about virtual backgrounds, and so that's it. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good that's one. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Maybe someday we'll have to have you do a show uh, right there. Bring Heck yeah, that'd be good. 
it just happens to be about 60 degrees <laughs> right well that's all right. like a refrigerator <laughs> that's funny. yeah well, well i Rocky. appreciate you having me back on man I, you know thanks for your time and um i yeah that's i'm glad that we did that indeed and and stay safe out there and keep giving people something to inspire to and enjoy uh you're providing a, a really critical part of people's entertainment and, and and happiness right now and thank you for for providing that to to people because we all need something to be grateful for and find a, a form of happiness yeah man i'm glad i could do it definitely yeah. i'm grateful for everybody for their love and support for sure so and thanks for thinking of me with this uh this podcast and i'm stoked on it you got it i, I started listening to some of the older ones so i'll have to go through the archives and you got quite a few uh episodes it's awesome well you're 115 you're not 115 years old you're episode 115 yeah so right <laughs> there's there's over 100 episodes of me talking yeah yeah i'll have to definitely go through the archives and check them out that's awesome please do and i appreciate it yeah share it with other friends for sure for sure all right cool all right, man. well thanks you got it enjoy the friday your day yeah. and um Keep rocking it, buddy. Yeah, no doubt. Cheers. Right. Take care. Bye. To learn more about Rocky and his DJ artistry, visit the Jackson Hole Connection, episode number 115. If you're out there listening, please give us a rating and review. We love them and appreciate them. It helps other people find this fabulous podcast and enjoy the stories that are being shared and told. Many thanks to everybody who helps me keep this podcast going. The fabulous regular listeners, my wife, Laura, my boys, William and Lewis, my marketing and editor, Michael Morey, and my music director, Luke Taylor. Everybody be safe and happy. Enjoy your Thanksgiving out there and have a wonderful day. I sure hope you've enjoyed this episode and I look forward to seeing you back for the next episode of the Jackson Hole Connection, which we will pause for episodes next week during Thanksgiving week and we'll return the week after Thanksgiving. Happy Turkey Day, everybody. Enjoy.